Joining us tonight in the Honky Tonk Time Machine, he's a Grammy-nominated, ACM award-winning country musician, one of my favorites, Doug Stone. Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me, man. How's it going? You know, not too bad. With the weather warming up, itching to get outdoors a little bit more and not be so cooped up. I know coronavirus is preventing a lot of people from doing that, though. Well, I'm stir-crazy. I mean, you know, I'm usually out picking and grinning every weekend and sitting in the house is uh, it's a lot of fun because, you know, I love my family, but boy, I'm, I'm ready to get out and do something, you know. Because it's not like you've been on the shelf. I mean, you're still touring all the time, constantly, uh, over 70 dates a year, it says here. So We uh, we like to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, like I tell people, it's uh, we don't actually get paid for playing. We play for free. But, uh, we, you know, just getting to the gig is what we get paid for. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't wait to get out and, and uh, get with it again. Uh, I just hope this thing, you know, I hope we beat it. I do, too. And you know, hopefully we can continue to be smart. Hopefully we haven't, you know, jumped the gun here, starting to get things back to normal. It's just kind of a wait-and-see process. But I'm I'm with you. I'm ready for it to be done. I tell you, my problem is I've laid in the bed so much it, my neck is killing me. I'm like, you know, I've got to get up and do something. Hopefully soon, Doug. Hopefully soon. So you've been at this for what, over 30 years now? Something like that? Oh, yeah. 13 albums over that time, eight number one singles, 15 top five singles. So uh, your career kind of speaks for itself, but I, I kind of wanted to get to know you a little bit and kind of, you know, see how it all began for you. What kind of pushed you in this this direction, this career path? Well, you know, my mother really started the whole thing uh, when I was five. She, um, I asked her, she played guitar and uh, piano. I said, will you teach me how to play guitar? And she said, if you'll practice. And I said, I'll practice, Mama. So uh, she started teaching me, and I did. I practiced till my fingers bled. <laughs> and, uh, you know, learned the guitar. And then she'd take me out to gigs with her and, you know, put me up on stage and let me play. I was in bars when I was 12. And uh, sitting at the bar, little little baby kid playing guitar and singing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I read that you opened for Loretta Lynn when you were seven years old. Is that right? Oh yeah, it was uh, it was amazing too. And we also when we did, uh, I think it was Hee Haw, uh, I got to talk to her and I said, "Do you remember me?" And yeah, you know, I really don't think she remembered me, <laughs> but she was so nice. She said, "Yes, I do." <laughs> And uh, yeah, I got I got to perform with her again in in my uh, I think about I was in my thirties. You talk about setting the bar high at a at a young age. You know, uh, were you aware of the time of how big of a star she actually was? Oh yeah, yeah, she was on the radio all the time. You know, uh, I remember that uh, song. You know, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. I know where you're going. <laughs> you know, I still remember all that stuff from back in the day. But that's uh, when I opened for her, I'll never forget it. I looked at her, and she went out on stage, kicked her shoes off. And she said, I hope y'all don't mind. I'm just country. And I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> And uh, it's worked out so far. No doubt about it. Yeah, she's uh, she is one of a kind for sure. So your mom got you started in it then when you're five years old. You opened for Loretta Lynn at age seven. At what point did you uh, like take it to to Nashville and decide you know this was this was going to be it? Well, you know, um, I was 30 years old and I'd been telling myself my whole life. I said I'm going to make it. I'm going to I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do this. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like a thought hit me in my head. Said, Hey, Doug, you're 30. If you don't get up and go, it ain't going to happen. I decided to get up and go. And uh, it's really funny. I went to um, 
Nashville, and I uh, did the You Can Be a Star thing, you know, uh, audition for him. Yeah. And uh, it's really funny, man, because by the time I got their response to whether or not they was going to put me on the show or not, I already had a record deal. I got their letter, and it said, we don't wish to have your talent on our show. Wow. <laughs> wow. So they tell you no, but meanwhile, you've already gotten a record deal, so it's kind of like, well, I don't need you anyway. Yeah, uh, it was funny the way it happened. <laughs> so yeah, and then it, it worked out well for you because your uh, your debut album came out there in 1990, self titled album called Doug Stone, and the rest is kind of history from that point. But how did it feel to kind of have that that debut album and have your your first single out? It was amazing. I was in North Carolina. Uh, Dale Van Horn was the DJ, and uh, we were talking. We talked for about an hour, and. Uh, Played every song on the album, you know, and he said, uh, have you ever heard yourself on the radio? I said, no, I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, man. I'll give you a, a five minutes to get to the car and then I'm going to play it. And uh, it was the coolest thing hearing myself on the radio after, you know, wanting to do it for so many years. Yeah, I bet that's an amazing feeling. I'm guessing the song that he played was better off in a pine box, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that was the craziest sound, craziest thing I'd ever heard. That was the first time I'd heard of, you know, demos from really bad demo singers. And, uh, I mean, Randy Travis passed on Pine Box. And when I got it, I'm like, I think it's just a piece of junk. <laughs> and it, it was crazy because uh, they told me, they said, Doug, we think it's a hit on you, the guy that signed me to the label. He said, I want you to go home and work on it while we work on your contract. And I said, okay. And uh, no lie, I, I spent seven months. Every morning I'd get up, get a cup of coffee, sit at the table, and work on that song. And uh, it turned into that. I like it now. It's, it turned out really good. But I've never heard a song that says uh, no rhymes. You know, I said the night you left me, nothing worse could ever happen. See, you with someone else prove that I was wrong. I'm like, where's a rhyme, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I've never heard the demo version. I've only heard your version, but how much did it change or evolve from the time you heard it to the time you released it then? Oh, <laughs> like, like a daylight and dark, I'd say. We were trying to figure out how to make it really special, you know, and I'm sitting there going, I've got to make this thing because it's got the, the chorus is like three times. So you got to make it special, you know, and the only way I could do it was just keep getting higher and higher and higher. And, so that's what it ended up. And boy, that last note on Pine Box, you know, from 30 to 63 is kind of <laughs> kind of hard. <laughs> you struggle with that one nowadays? Oh, yeah. yeah I, put it, I put it at the last of the show that way. I'm hoping by then my voice will be loosened up enough to get it. <laughs> but it's not the highest note I sing. It's just, I don't know, it must be the word or something. It's, it's really strange. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the song ended up just being huge for you. Um Grammy-nominated song, and, and what you were able to do with it, uh, it, it definitely kind of launched launched your career. Oh, for sure. Uh, that's um, It was the strangest thing, because I wouldn't have, you know, looking at the album myself as a rookie in the record business, uh, I was like, well, you know, different lights seemed to me like it'd be a lot better to come with, but uh, it's funny, because I went to the label, and we'd come up to the third single, and I said, well, what are you going to release? And they said, oh, we don't know. Uh, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm thinking different light. Oh, we wasn't even thinking about that, man. I said, well, if you ain't, you're crazy. And uh, he said, you believe that strong? And I said, yes, I do. I think that's the best song I've ever heard in my life. I didn't write it. I wish I had. I didn't write anything on the first album, as a matter of fact, one song. 
on the second album and then, you know, got going from there on out. But man, I'm telling you, it was one of those songs when I heard it, I was like, good grief, that's great. And I mean, I, I wasn't used to hearing me recorded professionally. Yeah. I mean, that turned out to be your first number one hit right there. Yeah. It stayed up there for three weeks at number one, I'm pretty sure. And then it's, it's been my biggest song. When people hear the name Doug Stone, you're probably thinking of that one or Jukebox with a country song. So, and for that to be your first number one hit, I mean, obviously that that must have been special. Yeah, it made me feel real good that I was right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because you you have a feeling, you just have a gut feeling when you're cutting songs and when you're finding songs um, and writing, you just have a feeling about a song. It's like I think I can sing that one. As a matter of fact, the song called Alibis that uh, came to me, and I'm like, man, it just doesn't doesn't fit what I'm doing, you know? And uh, it would have worked. It really would have worked now that I look back, but uh, just didn't feel it at the time, and, and Tracy cut it and made a big hit out of it. Yeah, yeah. We actually had Tracy on the, the first week of the show. We talked a lot about that song, and it, it's amazing how the songs kind of get passed around. Some people don't like them, but other people do. You end up making a big hit out of something that somebody else didn't want, it, and vice versa. Well, you know that song, uh, uh, Friends in the Low Places, Garth heard it on Mark uh, Mark Chestnut, Mark, yeah. Yeah, Mark Chestnut's album, and then he started, he, he grabbed it and done it and, and released it before Mark could get it out and made a big hit out. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy business. Any hard feelings there, you think? Probably not. You know, Mark's done really good. Uh, people used to, I don't know, the 90s were a special decade for me. Uh, it was like we all liked each other. We weren't in competition. I wasn't trying to beat you. You know, we were just doing our music and uh, everybody was doing really good music. I mean, that was one of the best eras of country I've ever heard from other artists. It really was. That's what, you know, that's exactly why we started this show. So we could play those old songs again, the, and the songs from, from you and Garth and Mark Chestnut and everybody else. 